0: TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Post Game Show on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa.
1: A solid lead turned into a nightmare offensive second half for the Oklahoma City Thunder against the Miami Heat in Oklahoma City tonight. The Thunder fall to the defending Eastern Conference champions 108 94. The Thunder were outscored. Everybody 63 to 40 in the second half. Just not enough offense. Good defense for stretches. Uh, Great overall in the first half. Just was not meant to be against the Miami Heat tonight. But don't worry. This show is going to be fun because I'm back. I mean, I don't know if that's good for the listeners, but I'm going to have fun. I'm Brady Trantham and I am joined by Christine Butterfield, Ryan Chapman, who just took the reins the last two shows because this show was put on hiatus due to the stupid storm that is over now thankfully and we are also blessed by our great and beautiful producer mr matt burton christine good job last night
2: thank you so much
1: you're welcome you were missed oh no i wasn't i'm in remission remember ryan
2: (sighs) i was wondering when this was going to come up do
1: we think christine
3: knows what remission is
2: probably not what ryan has come to know through working with me on our podcast is that i sometimes have different definitions for words that i don't realize that i have and i feel like that was just an example of that and
1: that's okay because shakespeare invented words you know if you're going to talk on the radio you can invent words matt have you invented any words recently
4: uh no none that i can say on air
1: (laughs) anything to describe the second half of the thunder right at the top of your head go Boo. Yeah, yeah, but Classic. The, now the Thunder Ryan, the runner the Thunder, the Runder, or the, the huh? Oklahoma City Ryan Runder, the Thunder find themselves in a little interesting situation tonight. We all know, well if you lose you can increase your chances for a draft pick, and that's that's what everybody wants. They want that Cade Cunningham kid who's playing against Texas Tech right now and having a good little game. But they're playing the Miami Heat, who have just surprisingly sucked out of the gate this season after getting to the finals and pushing the L.A. Lakers to six games in the championship. They've been awful. The Thunder have a pick up with them. So, hey, that's actually kind of good that they're the Miami Heat aren't very good this year uh, record-wise. We'll see how this season plays out. But if the Thunder win tonight... It helps that pick swap out. If they lose tonight, well, it helps out their chances. So was this about as great of a game that you can expect if you are a Thunder fan looking at things for the future perspective? You saw a lot of good in this first half. And then the bad led to the overall result of the Thunder increasing their chances for a lottery pick later this, you know, later this season.
3: Well, it sucks from the perspective of whoever was going to lose this game for if purely from a draft pick perspective needs to continue losing. So if you're a Thunder fan and you go out and you win this game, you can just go all in on Miami needs to suck the rest of the year. It's something you can get behind, you can root for and maybe you're not as conflicted as far as how, how you approach Thunder basketball games. From night to night, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. That the young guys flashed, and and they kind of wilted down the stretch. Now, I'd like to see at some point that that script be flipped. I think at some point you would like to say, "Well, the Thunder lost this game because you know Mike Miskolli just wasn't good enough off the bench because Al Horford had a bad game," um, or in this case, like Isaiah Roby stuff like that. Like, I think at some point you'd like it to be the, the young guys did everything physically possible that they could and the roster surrounding them just let them down. I think that would be like the ideal scenario and that's not exactly what happened as Lou Dort did Lou Dort things. He was great in the first half and then shot the Thunder out of the game in the second half, which is just, it's something he's got to work on and you have to hope that as he gets added to a more and more talented roster, that his his shot selection will get better and better. He'll take less shots, and he'll be more efficient as a result. But for now, he, he broke my cardinal rule for Lou Dort, which is shooting more than 10 times, went 3 of 15, and then it killed the Thunder there in the second half. So there's still strides to be made, but that's what this entire season is for, and to a certain extent, that's what next season is for as well. Yeah, and to your point, of
1: those fifteen shots, Lou Dort took eight threes and missed seven of or he took fifteen shots, eight threes and missed seven of them. He was one of eight from the three point line. Uh eleven points overall, seven rebounds. Shea Gills Alexander was incredible though tonight, Christine. Twenty-seven points, five assists, two rebounds. Uh ten of fifteen shooting and like for the majority of the game, when it when the Thunder were in control, it was like Shea has sixteen points on seven shots. Shea has eighteen points on seven shots. It was just the efficiency was off the chart, but like Ryan said There was just no second or even third help. Like, often we kind of just expect, okay, we know Shea's going to bring something to the table offensively. Usually a second player is going to bring something. Tonight, of course, is the second night of a back-to-back, so there's no Al Horford. George Hill's been out for some time. Lou Dort has been kind of dependable. Wasn't his night tonight. Uh, But you just kind of go down the line. Darius Baisley, 13 points, five rebounds. Ho-hum, five of nine from the floor. Efficient, okay. Isaiah Roby hit some shots, 12 points. But really... I mean, Ryan kind of touched on it, Christine. The bench outside of Mike Muscala was just awful. And this has to be the worst Hamadou Diallo game that we've seen this year. No points. Only one shot attempt. Just If that's going to happen, like the Thunder aren't going to win like, any games.
2: No, and I even looked at this in the fourth quarter. Leading into the fourth quarter, the Thunder only had two players in double digits. And the Miami Heat had six. When you have six players on a team in double digits contributing efficiently on offense versus another team who has to lean on Shea just alexander to make the majority of their points and then, oh, I guess whoever's going to step up for that night, you're not going to see that team win a lot of games, unfortunately. And sure, in the fourth quarter, they tried to step it up, but ultimately, it just wasn't enough, especially when you, like you said, Brady, you have players like none. He was he shot 20 points tonight, and he was 7 of 18 from the floor. He
1: can be randomly good, and tonight it was a right. randomly good Kendrick Nunn game.
2: Yeah, and then you have Robinson. He scored 22. He was 8 of 15 from the floor. And um, Ababao, he almost had 20 as well. So that's three players for the Mi- Miami Heat, who almost had 20 points total, and the Thunder only have one in Shea Gillis-Alexander. Who you expect to put up those numbers at this point? So when you're just... Facing that disparity in shooting efficiency and offensive ability, you're gonna run into really ugly games like this, especially down the stretch for the thunder. They just couldn't get anything going unfortunately, and they just kind of wrote it out for the rest of the game. Hamadou Diallo, though, like you said, you can't just take one shot a game, dude, like he usually is so good at attacking the rim and making sure that he gets his no matter. What he has to do whether that's taking the ball into the, his hands maybe putting it through the offense and then eventually making it come back to him or getting it in transition he's usually able to convert those points for himself tonight it just seemed really lackluster to me so I don't know what was going through his head but he can't come out like that again
1: Matt I- Earlier today, I was on with I think you were producing with Chisholm and Sam, and I said something to them. It made me laugh in my head because I was kind of listening from the perspective of the listeners, not necessarily from me. But I thought going into this game that if the Thunder can win tonight, it would be a very good sh- it would be a very good sign of things to come in terms of play- they're playing they would be beating this roster. Now it sounds silly because the Heat have been very disappointing this season, but from a pure matchup standpoint. It just made a lot of sense to me that if they were able to like if it was going to be Shagos Alexander and then two or three other guys chip in preferably the young guys. that's a great sign for things to come because of the matchup and what I mean by that is the heat have so many different guys that can just score or can get their shot up and To me, as this game wore along, it could be something as simple as this: there's only one Lou Dort on that floor for Oklahoma City defensively. And he was trying his best to do whatever he could against Jimmy Butler, trying his best to do whatever he could against Kendrick Now, when he got uh, matched up against him when he started getting hot. But it was just a, it was just one of those situations where all the guys for the Heat, including your favorite Max Struess, just got <laughs> shots up. And at some point, the shots just started falling in the midpoint of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. So to me, it's just, yeah, the Heat aren't very good right now as a team collectively, but they've got a bunch of different guys and for the Thunder, they they just haven't crossed that threshold yet. They haven't crossed that threshold of they've got three or four guys that can just go go to battle on the basketball floor any given night. And you throw out numbers, you throw out anything like that makes sense on paper. They just go out there and get the job done. The Heat have guys like that, and so tonight I think that really showed itself.
4: Right, it did. And then to just bring up Max Struess, uh, I felt like just the green light of all green lights. He was he's the he's Miami's Abdul Nader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, I saw him, and I felt like Ace Ventura whenever he sees that picture of Ray Finkel. And He's like, "Who the hell is that?" That's exactly how. I, that's exactly how I. It's felt. The pride of DePaul. Like, apparently. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Max Bruce ever. Um, but to your point, really, like I, I was watching the game, and then like you said, about midway through the third quarter, I was like, "Huh, Duncan Robinson really hasn't had like he really hasn't killed the Thunder yet." And then they kept the ball. His hands. and then boom, boom. And it was just kind of back to back to back. Uh and then same same with Kendrick Nunn too. Like Kendrick Nunn, um like was all rookie first team last year. Uh based just solely based on like based his, on first the, half, his first half of
1: the year. Yeah, nothing to do with Orlando. <laughs> right, but that's
4: how that's how good he was playing during that first half of the year. So the guy can play. Um but yeah, th- they they do have so many play and then bam out of bio what more can you say about that guy that guy is awesome he is so good and uh, he was the best player on the floor tonight for either team um but yeah 7 to 10 for bam 19 points 13 boards and five assists <laughs> just and, and then makes makes it look easy but you yeah, know they they have a bunch of people and midway through the third quarter like you said from that from that point on they would started hitting shots. That's really what it was. That Duncan Robinson started hitting shots. Uh, Max Struess hit a couple, which was just weird. I, I'd, I'd really rather not, like, have to say that guy's name again. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I felt he not stupid. into it. Yeah, no, no, no not vibes are not off? into that guy. Yeah, he has the yeah, Abdul Nader vibes. I don't, I don't like his vibes. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn tonight. They just started hitting shots towards the end. That's that's really the difference. And the Thunder just couldn't make anything. Yeah, three of fifteen from Lou Dort. That's, that is just, that's tough. It, it seems like that's, it, it does seem like that's what's, at least for the next couple of years, probably, that it's going to be kind of a guessing game on what kind of game Lou Dort has offensively, yep. right? And that's, it's not a good place to be, but he is still young, so maybe he can figure it out.
1: I mean, we'll see. I mean, that second and third player just didn't emerge tonight past the third quarter, and I mean that's that's going to get the, the Thunder beat even against you know some of the worst teams in the NBA, let alone a team that's as talented as the Heat. Now their results are different; that's a different story. But um, it, it, the interesting thing to me, right before we get to the uh, uh, Thunder player of the game tonight, is just the stark contrast in terms of the Thunder play of the Cavs last night, awful, and they play the Heat tonight, who have disappointed but they're no doubt talented, even without Tyler Hero, even without Avery Bradley, even without Goran Dragic, like three guys that they know are integral to the success of the Miami Heat, the Thunder being shorthanded as well, but just that jump from the Thunder could dominate the basement. They can play with this tier, whatever the Miami you consider the Miami Heat to be. like They can compete with that tier. They just need to have more than SGA show up, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a disappointing thing that Lou Dork couldn't do it tonight, or Darius Baisley couldn't do more than his nine-shot attempts, or Hamadou Dial couldn't be
3: aggressive, because that's often the problem that we have with him is that he's too aggressive. Yeah, it's just, that's the whole of this roster. Other than not having a, a real traditional center, you just don't know, there is no clear-cut number two, number three guy, and the foundation that Mark Dagnall is laying of the ball movement, the effort, all that stuff, that's good enough, that's what separates Oklahoma City from the absolute actual outwardly really tanking hard because they're that bad. We talked about it extensively last night like the the Cavs roster just doesn't make sense and how they've built that team currently doesn't make a ton of sense. So the Thunder are night and day better than those teams. Then you have nights where guys like Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, Mike Muscala, they're unconscious. They, they all compete together and have a great night together and the Thunder pop up and they built Milwaukee beat Milwaukee. Then you have nights like tonight where they're just off because there is no consistent two, three, even fourth option outside of Al Horford when he plays and they lay eggs like this in the second half. So that that's just what this roster is going to be for the rest of this year and even when they add elite draft prospects over the next two years. It could be like that for two years as well as those guys get acclimated to the NBA and just learn life in professional basketball. So it's nothing to hit the panic button about. It's just the trials and tribulations of a young basketball team in the NBA. And and thankfully the foundation looks solid of, of their offensive principles and, and their defensive principles. So they'll continue to be much better than the worst teams in the league. And tonight they just they just got beat by a better team and, and they didn't give their best performance. And, and they kept it, you know, pretty close considering that Hamdu Diallo only shot one shot and Lou Dort shot them out of the game so I think those are those are good things for for what this team is going to be in the future Christine, Kinrich Williams played tonight. Are you still offended when Kinrich hits the floor
1: or as he has he earned your respect?
2: (laughs) He he's I don't want to say he's earned my respect but he's he's earned my like attention I would say he's earned my attention because at this point, should, I mean, I don't hate when be, he's on the floor, but also I don't think he's the most effective Thunder player by any means. It so, shouldn't
1: be easy to earn one's respect. It should be, you know, obviously earned and therefore a little bit difficult. So I, I get that.
2: Yeah, so I, I mean, he hasn't been he hasn't been productive enough to me to earn my so-called respect yet. I thought he played well tonight, though. I'd liked his one-two with Justin Jackson down low. and whoa. <laughs>
1: I don't. I don't. I don't think that sentence would ever be said.
2: I know, right? I was thinking that too. Whenever that happened, I was like, "Did I think I would live in this world?" Also, did I think in, I would live in the world where Kendrick Williams outscores and outshoots Hamadou Diallo? No, absolutely not. But he did. Just a shame. So I mean, like, it's kind of sad that outshooting Hamadou Diallo tonight is only making two of six. But that's just the world I guess we lived in tonight with the yep. Oklahoma City Thunder. So. It was good to see him look, you know, slightly more effective than usual. Uh, I at this point, I think I've ranked Justin Jackson ahead of him, though, in terms of the bench. Oh boy, (laughs) it is. So this is is a weird season.
1: It is getting too late, and we're up against it, guys. So uh, we're going to fire up that Thunder
0: player of the game now. The Franchise Thunder Player of the Game. Brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmund.
3: It was SGA. SGA. It was I SGA. was going to say, 3, 2,
0: 1. SGA! 3, 2, 1. Alexander. Good segment, guys. 27 points, well done, 5 well done.
1: assists, 2 rebounds, 10 of 15 from the floor, 2 of 3 from the 3-point line, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. Only 3 turnovers, but was an awful, awful minus 15. So we will continue to crap on SGA. No, I'm just kidding. He's awesome. He's awesome. And even, he even inspired me to ask everybody the question of when uh, Jimmy Butler was off the floor, Bam Adebayo was on the floor for Miami, Shea was on the floor for Oklahoma City. I was like, is he the best player on the floor? I think we all kind of agree it's still Bam Adebayo at this point, but Shea is making that conversation a little bit louder. So take that for what you will. But we've got all that plus some more NBA and Thunder Heat talk coming up. Here on 107.7, the franchise on the Thunder First Take Post Game Show, Ryan Chapman, Matt Burton, Christine
0: Butterfield, and me, Brady Trantham. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7, the franchise. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat.
1: Welcome back, babe. Yeah, the Thunder lose. Yikes, that ain't no lie, and it ain't no lie. One hundred eight to ninety four. But we're gonna try our best to make you happy about that. You know that that's our job is to inform and entertain here on the First Take Thunder post game show on one hundred seven point seven, the franchise. And I am Brady Trantham. I've been away from the show for about a week and a half because of the snow and because of uh, hijinks I mean, and because I was in remission. Uh Christine Butterfield is Congratulations, also, by the way. Yeah, thank you very much. You know, Christine Butterfield also here at CB on sports on the Twitter machine for all your dynamite tweets. So follow her there. Ryan Chapman, and that's at Radios Ryan on Twitter. And then Mr. Awesome Vibes himself, Matt Burton, that is at I Am Matt Burton on Twitter. Twitter, yes, and Ryan. By
3: the way, everyone on Thursday needs to go <laughs> to at I am Matt Burton. Wish him the very happiest. He's turning of birthdays. seventeen, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. like, I know. Let's, yeah. let's all make a big deal out of it. and Embarrass Matt. <laughs> the the Cougars nice will be coming out. Yeah, yeah, it's been a
4: nice year getting my driver's license. But there ready you for go. The second year. There he you gets go.
3: Gets to vote next year,
1: <laughs> and it's it's a very exciting time for you, Matt. And we need to sit you down and tell you things about. What happens when you get this get this point in life? But what what could go wrong? Well, things are going to change. You know, you're going to feel different. Your voice is going to get a little deeper. All these magical things. <laughs> you have to choose birds or bees. Yes, the
4: vibes are still good though.
1: The vibes are still good. The
2: vibes are always good. But
1: the vibes weren't good for the Thunder's defense in the fourth quarter. Let me tell you, because the Heat. Opened up that fourth quarter on a fifteen zero run. You know, at one point the Thunder were beating the crap out of the Heat, and it was, it was looking like wow, the Thunder are going to like run away at this game, ten, twelve, thirteen point victory. Probably the way the Heat are shooting. I think they were shooting. The Miami Heat were shooting about thirty five, thirty six percent in the first half. Uh, only scored what was it, forty five points in the first half. Oklahoma City's defense was just all over the place. Lou Dort was incredible. Shea Gil's Alexander was hot, efficient. He was Shea gorgeous Alexander just it was incredible everybody was just fawning over it christine just couldn't help herself ryan just i think you fell down a few times matt burton fainted it was incredible but then that second half started and like i said earlier in the first segment miami outscores oklahoma city 63 to 40 so christine other than hamadou diallo not doing anything and mike muscala being the one guy off the bench scoring in double figures what else went wrong
2: I mean, <laughs> you can chalk it up to them not making shots at that point because what I found was interesting was going from the second to the third quarter, uh their shooting output kind of reversed because in the second quarter, the Miami Heat only scored 22 points, the Thunder scored 33. Third quarter the numbers basically switched. So you just saw one team making those necessary adjustments the other team didn't and Miami Heat were just able to capitalize on those and really take it further into the fourth quarter at that point so even though their three point percentages mocked up to practically the same 37.5 for the Miami Heat and then 35.9 for the Thunder one team just made them at the right time in the game the other team didn't and so I think what the Miami Heat really did well was improving their shot selection after the second half and that's what i think attributed to their win
1: ryan how much
3: of that was just duncan robinson getting hot and that just happens kendrick Nunn getting hot well i i think it's that the heat have good three-point shooters and the thunder just don't like it's just one of those things that mike muscala is that your option number one if he's heated up Uh, other than shea and and sorry right now Uh, a team looking to attack the Thunder when Al Horford's not playing, I'm just going to say, okay, if Shea gets 30, that's awesome. Let's just ensure that Lou Dort doesn't go off. Let's keep Darius Baisley in check. Let's make sure that Mike Muscala doesn't get it going early. So I I think it was just one of those things that Uh, The Heat have some really good three-point shooters, and like you said, Brady, they just kept it going. But you know what? While the Heat were not able to knock down a bunch of those threes in the first half, they were also able to exploit like the biggest Achilles heel of this roster for the Thunder, which is Bam Adebayo, Kelly Olenek. Those guys absolutely bullied Isaiah Roby down on the low post, Darius Baisley. They basically got anything they wanted at any time, and it was just... Yeah, the Thunder kept him in check because the Heat were missing threes in the first half. But once once those threes started to fall, you really started to see the rotations got really bad because everyone, I think, on the Thunder was just trying to, you know, they, they have that energy to make that extra play. And I think the best teams in the NBA at times can, can use that against this young Thunder team. It, and uh, I think we saw that tonight as the shot started to fall. That's when Bam Adebayo really started to to get going. And, and it became that, you know, unstoppable force that, that the Miami Heat looked like there in the third quarter.
1: Yeah. And the way the game went along, like, of course, it's silly to say this, but it's just kind of further home your point about how the Heat's bigs were just able to bully Oklahoma City. Al Horford could have been inserted in this game and had an incredible first-half shooting. We've seen him do that, and the Thunder would have been ahead by so much so much so that it wouldn't have mattered how much the Heat came back. They, they, it would have just been insurmountable, perhaps. But the way the Heat were able to just bully the Thunder, especially down low, I don't even think Al Horford would have been that big of a difference because Al Horford's not that type of big. So it wasn't a case of, oh, they didn't have Al Horford. Well, the, the, the Heat didn't have some of their guys as well, so... Then it's just the breaks. And the Heat are just a bad matchup for Oklahoma City. So whether the Heat end up just sucking the rest of the year and the Thunder get a great pick swap out of them, or if the Heat just turn it on, they're just a bad matchup. And I thought that going into tonight, I thought that when the Thunder went down to Florida a few months ago and got their tails handed to them, they're just a bad matchup. But, uh, I mean, other than that, Matt, the only other tiny little nice thing, and it's more to do with, like, the last few performances uh, other because there was like one play that Teo Maladon had tonight that was like noteworthy. But um, other than that, he didn't really have that big of a game. But I, I kind of appreciate, and I and you choose my words carefully here because I don't want to see players get hurt, but Teo Maladon's been inserted into the starting lineup because of George Hill's injury. And because of that, we're seeing him being force-fed the, um, running the two alongside Shea Alexander. And I've been frankly surprised that A, he has the ability to play the two. I thought he was just going to be a good little cookie-cutter, you know, basic, classic point guard. And he's shown the ability to have, like, some two to his game. Uh, Forgetting tonight, because this was kind of an average night for him, below average tonight, but just overall, do, do you like what you're seeing, like, how he's being forced into this kind of... into this role... Do you see anything that Thunder fans should go like, oh, there's actually something there, and you don't need to be concerned with Pokusevski, you know, playing globetrotter down in the G League? Like the Thunder have a rookie right now that you can be optimistic for in the future, in the short term and the long term.
4: Yeah, and not only playing the two, but kind of like just his like spot up shooting. I think that has improved a lot. And uh, I didn't I didn't know much about Tam Aladon coming into this year, um, and I didn't know much about his shooting um but it looks to have it looks to be improved and I, I like him playing the 2 but obviously not as much that's not his natural position that's probably not where he's most comfortable playing um i think it was it the phoenix game where he came in and is, is that when he like was unconscious and didn't miss yeah, from 3 in the second right, half yep. right and i i want i want george hill to come back so that tayo can go back with that second unit and they can just be like be aggressive just be aggressive look for your shot and uh I I really want to see that. But for right now, I think it'll do Teo a world of good to just not necessarily learn another position, but kind of be forced to be more versatile, I guess, and kind of step outside of his comfort zone early.
1: And then, of course, defensively, I thought the other highlight, which is easy to go to, Christine, is just Lou Dort's individual defensive performance. I mean, he... Say what you want about the Heat second half. It had little, if not nothing, to do with Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler was 3 of 11 uh, from the floor tonight. Did most, if not all, of his damage from the free throw line. I think he had nine free throw attempts. Uh, but Lou Dort was just... Jimmy Butler is a guy who punishes people. He is a guy who just Absolutely. uses his physical brute strength. He doesn't blow past anybody with his speed. He's just he's just a dog. And he went up against a dog tonight. And Lou Dort won more than his fair share of battles. And that to me, that's impressive.
2: Yeah, I think... We at this point we have seen Lou Dort's offensive abilities improve so much that we're at a point where we can be a little bit more critical of we're him almost offensively. bored with his defense sometimes. Exactly because it's like, oh well, that's just Lou Dort. That's how he plays. But we have to, you know, kind of draw back be like, this is one of the best defensive players in the NBA. He is limiting the like other best offensive shooters in the in the country and making sure that he's able to stop them point after point. I mean, even though Jimmy Butler ended up with 15 points, nine of those were from free throws. So, I mean, when you're guarding someone like Jimmy Butler, you're going to end up fouling him at some point. And sure, there was one, maybe two of those fouls that I think were you know a poor decision on Lou Dort's part, but that's going to happen when you have to go play after play against this guy, making sure you're doing everything in your possible arsenal to stop him and i think that's exactly what he did and i have to hand it to him i love watching him play defense he gets down he gets down low he moves his feet he's very quick he understands his spacing really well and um it was just it was really nice to see kind of him get back to that and like really able really be able to focus on that tonight
1: you don't have to point to me you don't have to point at me christine that was mean
2: i'm just getting excited i don't know
3: you all saw that right I, I'm just shocked that Christine's parents never taught her, you know, pointing's rude.
2: My mom definitely did, and I'm sure she's, like, crying tsk, tsk,
3: right now. I mean, she pointed right at my soul. Well,
1: let's This not, is so embarrassing. You don't have one of those, brains. Oh, that, let's that, not. That, that's us not. That's my bad. You know, I'm right. That's right. It's okay, Christine. You didn't point at anything. There's nothing there. <laughs> my ex-wife <laughs> took it. No, I mean, Brian, how, how bored do we get, like... And it's complimentary in a in a, in in a way. How bored do we get with Lou Dort's defense at this point? Because I remember was it the second or third game of the year when Portland came into town, and Dame, CJ, everybody from Portland was just like, "No, Lou Dort's an elite on-ball defender." I'm like, oh, "Guys, come on, like really? Are we going to say that now? How can you say that?" They've been proven right this entire season, and it's to a point now where I just expect him to be Andre Robertson prime
3: 2016 elite level perimeter defender. The, the sad part is, I'm just waiting for this Thunder team to get back to the playoffs, because I that was what was so exciting about that. Yeah, you want to see him like... I want to see the chess match of night in, night out. Because we know in the NBA, yeah, there's a little bit of pre-scouting. But for the most part, during the regular season, during the 82-game the grind, 72 games this year, you kind of do your thing night in, night out. And, and that's why the Thunder are, good, are probably, as these rosters are constructed, if it were to go two or three years down the line, the Thunder would build up a healthy losing streak against the Miami Heat just because they're not interested in scouting and implementing Implementing a specific game plan night in, night out. That's why like this Ludor defense. I'm so excited for him to get back to the playoffs where that chess match is happening for five, six games on end in a row. Just because it's that's what's so exciting about it. Like you said, Brady, like he's become that guy so much in the regular season, it's just like, okay, Ludor's gonna give you great defensive effort. He's gonna shut down somebody. Great, awesome. What's he doing for you on the offensive end of the floor? Because that's become our floor. That's our baseline expectation for him. So I think it shouldn't get glossed over, but it's going to until he shows up big time in the playoffs and the Thunder finally beat a Portland because he's able to just take Damian Lillard out of portions of a game. Or or they advance because you know, Luka Doncic is struggling with Ludor on him, something like that. So it'll take a, another playoff performance, not just nationally for everything to go, for everything to everyone to get that attention, but for us to to come back and be like, yes, he is really that good, and uh, it, it's incredible that the Thunder just found him just on, on, the, on the undrafted free agent track. Oh, who's trash. this guy? He, yeah, just, hey, we'll bring him in. Sign him to a two-way. Oh, my God. Yeah. Starting shooting guard
1: for the next five years. They've got good history with Arizona State Sun Devils. Now, Matt, Burton, I, I want to get you in on this. For just a quick second about Lou Dort, but had a conversation with our good friend Nick White from our favorite brewery Vanessa House. I mean Ryan's wearing a hat of theirs, so uh, shout out to Vanessa House. Uh, But about Lou Dort and about getting to the playoffs, the Thunder they need to get good. They need to get to the playoffs quickly if they want to hold on to Lou Dort because at what point does Lou Dort stop making sense on this roster and make more sense on a contending roster? Because at some point the Thunder are going to have to pay him because. His, his deal is yeah, stupid. Yeah, it's just, it is not fair. It's very disrespectful. <laughs> it's very disrespectful for the output that he puts out there every single night. But at some point, the Thunder need to get good. They need to get into that playoff situation that Ryan was talking about so that if the world can see Lou Dort go up against Klay Thompson or go up against Luka Doncic, like we all want to see that. Uh, but if the Thunder find themselves in lottery hell for longer than maybe two off seasons, I could, th- that could get a little dicey with Lou Dort. Right, and
4: i I was kind of having not this same conversation, but kind of just like okay, what if what if the Thunder completely win this draft lottery? They completely win. They get they don't they don't get Cade Cunningham, but they get let's say picks two and four, two and five. Well, they someone will complain about it. No, but I'm saying like you take Jalen Suggs and. Like Jonathan Kaminga, maybe you t- if he you makes it to Mobley. five, Butler they, they maybe from Baylor. Uh, I feel like you would just take best available at that point. I don't think Mo- I don't, hey, I don't, I don't be like best available. I don't like drafting based on need because I know the Thunder need a center. But like, let's say you do, let's say at two you take Suggs and then Mobley goes, but, and, you're with, and you're left with and you're left with Jalen Green or Jonathan Kaminga. So you're, you're going dr- to is be he- loaded it- with guards. So I'm saying like. If you draft Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs is projected to be a much better NBA player than Lou Dort is, but like, so, so where does he fit in then? So, like, or do you just have Jalen Suggs coming off the bench and keep Lou Dort? Like, so that that's kind of my thinking. I know it's a huge hypothetical, and it's like it would take insane luck for the Thunder to to like win that big in the in the lottery, but. I don't God. know. That's kind of what I think.
3: The odds are better than ever for that, though. That's, that's know, very The lottery true. odds. The Thunder it's don't true. need to be that's the worst not, team in the NBA
4: to you know, like jump up like, in there. Yeah, Take it's not out un- of the realm of possibility. But um, no, I, I do think I, I think Lou Dort does fit. I mean, like I mean Sam Presti never got rid of Andre Robertson. He was an elite defender. Like Lou Dort is an elite defender. Presti and said he we does, don't have enough and room, he's a, and he's a already a ten times better offensive player than Andre Robertson ever was. Well, Robin, yeah. Robertson
3: never shot fifteen <laughs> shots a game well, that's, consistently. Right. Yeah.
2: I just I just think that Lou Dort's like I and think thank goodness for that. spot for the future of any team or like if he was going to go to a playoff team eventually because he needs to get paid better. I think his best spot would be like sixth or seventh on the roster. Sixth man off the bench. Am I
4: wrong? I don't know. I still, I still think Lou Dort has a place. If if his defense stays like this for, I don't know, his career, then I mean you, you have to keep that guy on your roster. And he adds more offensively than you know. We do. We are a bit critical on him offensively, um, with him this just being his second year. But he can do more things. Like he can take guys off the dribble. Um, I mean, his shot obviously isn't there yet. But uh, you guys are. All right, am I am I wrong here? I don't know. Oh uh, no, th- this, that was a different was energy vibe okay. wave that we were on.
5: Right. We
1: were completely independent of yours. Apologies oh, wow. okay. for so... breaking your train of thought.
0: Devil's
4: advocate, I guess. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ryan's
1: yeah. going to crap on what you said. Though. Okay,
4: that's no, fine. yeah. He will go. Ahead. So, yeah, Lordor's Lord terrible.
3: Yes, he has no place on this. <laughs> <laughs> if the NBA keeps the play-in tournament for the playoffs, though, are the Thunder that far off a ten seed? Like. It, no. <laughs> all, I think all it takes is Sam Presti to, into an offseason deciding, I want to build a playoff team. They could realistically, try. Shoot for, if that was a
1: goal, if they wanted to play in terms, they could probably uh, get it this year.
3: Like th- This year, it, are the Thunder like a Nerlens Noel away from contending for the 10 spot in the West? I think they are. Yeah. If they could, if they could convince some dude on the buyout market to come to Oklahoma City
1: to make the play-in tournament, they could probably do that. They're like we said earlier. I mean, just watch the Cleveland game last night. They can destroy the ba- the true basement of this league. They are far too talented than that tier of the league. They're in kind of a weird twilight zone where they're way more talented than you think they are. If you just think Oklahoma City Thunder, oh, that's a lottery team. No, you like look at watch them play. It's that simple. But no. I maybe next year playing tournament wise, but I mean I don't know. Dort's fine, although Christine's like six guy off the bench for my Kansas Jayhawks.
2: Oh, okay, let's.
1: This year's Kansas Jayhawks. He's got the offensive efficiency mm. to play for. This hey, they Kansas just hey, they're you, peaking do you, at the right Don't you time. dare
2: they. They're getting better. It's okay.
1: It's almost that time of year. (laughs) They're trying. It's it's getting
2: to be that time of year. I'm so excited. But um, going back to Lou Dort, yeah, I mean, listen, his offensive efficiency right now doesn't allow me to think that he would be in the starting five for like maybe two or three years from now. And I think that whenever he's in a playoff contending team, then his spot would be that sixth, seventh man off the roster to get him You know, playing like he will be that spark of energy defensively if he needs to go against someone that's, you know, the best shooting player of the team, like a Jimmy Butler, like James Harden, for instance. And then, um, you know, put some really nice drives in here and there to obviously, like, keep up that offense going. So for me, I think that he would be a better fit in that sixth or seventh slot. (laughs) smh guys
1: no no, it's uh this poor radio medium but you know we were all trying to dance to get christine to break but she did a wonderful job good job christine
2: thank you so much
1: now let's do the opposite of professional and pick a thunder tank commander of the game we're
4: good tanking no i'm sorry Sorry, we're going, we're going... St- Tanking! Through the
5: quad and into the gymnasium! Come on, everybody! I feel so right. I do the Three,
1: two, one. Hamanu Diallo! It's Hamanu Diallo, right? Yep. What did you say, Ryan? Roby.
3: What? Right. Because Bam just did whatever he
1: wanted. Bam yeah, that's Bam, Bam out of, Bam. Out of, out of bio. star Yeah. Roby is never going to win that matchup,
3: and that's why he's the tank commander of the game. <laughs> you Absolutely lose that not. battle. Homme you lose that battle shot. nine times out of ten. Hami got into foul trouble. He was bad. He got into foul trouble.
2: What he he played just, for twenty minutes? He got
3: elbowed not once but twice by Andre And he Ivedonno took one court. shot. And
2: it's not even like he was distributing the ball. He only had like two assists. It's not even like he was eating all him. Was?
1: I saw his feet touch the
4: paint and he passed it. <laughs> that is not like Hamadou Diallo. What have you done with Hamadou Diallo? <laughs> what have you done?
3: What
2: spirit <laughs> blink, took over his body? Blink
3: twice, <laughs> yeah. Mark. Blink twice if the Sam real. told Hamadou to what, suck.
2: What tweet does Hamadou Diallo put out if he's taken hostage?
3: Wait, did y'all
1: see? Do y'all follow Hami on Instagram? I don't, but someone no. told me to no. like look at his story.
2: I didn't. I don't.
1: So he's got his own little dancing emoji on Instagram now. I got, oh, I okay. Know, and he was having so much fun with it So I feel like a part of his soul got Captured into that Instagram emoji And that's why he passed in the paint, mat. All a cool, his energy that's cool,
4: That would be the coolest episode of Black
1: Mirror <laughs> 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 That would be awesome Yes, yes, yes Well, maybe next time Will be a little bit better for our good friend Hamadou Diallo Poor guy Return him to us! No, I'm just kidding The Thunder Lose 108-94 to the Miami Heat. Ryan Chapman's here. Matt Burton's here. Christine Butterfield's here. And I, I guess my name is Brady Trantham, am also here. And if you're thinking, hey, Brady, why don't you guys talk about Shea Gillis Alexander? I know the Thunder lost, you know, but oh well. But Shea had a great game. Well, there's a reason for that. We're going to save him for after Matt Burton takes us around
0: the association. So stay here. The Thunder First Take Thunder Post Game Show, presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise. You know the.
1: Vibes 107.7 The Franchise First Take Thunder post game show with Ryan Chapman, Matt Burton, Christine Butterfield, and myself, Brady Trantham. The Thunder lose to the Miami Heat, they are swept. By the Eastern Conference champion defending Miami Heat tonight. 108-94. to 94. All this made the more disappointing, which I don't know if that made grammatical sense, but I just mm. made it make sense. No. Nope. Because I've got a microphone here. All right. I'll pull a Jerry Ramsey. I've got a show. What about <laughs> you? Um, it's all the more disappointing because not only did the Thunder have a solid lead throughout the majority of this game until the about... 4 minute mark of the third quarter and then the fourth quarter started and it was awful for Oklahoma City. But the Heat were on the 7th game of a 7 game road trip and they looked like it the entire game. They were awful in the first half. They could not shoot, they could not score, they could not get shots up. Oklahoma City stifled them defensively. But they seemed like the better rested team for some reason or they just simply got hot. You know, we've talked about that. Well, they are the Heat. They 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 got hot. You know, that's what their team name Uh, I mean, the thunder are just essentially a noise created by uh, friction in the air and, you know, pressure systems. You know, it's like, what color is thunder? It's not
2: even, you know, thunder always comes after lightning.
1: I thought it comes after the rain. Or wait, I thought thunder comes before the lightning.
2: No, have you ever seen cars? What is that?
1: (laughs) I I I have a car It's out in the parking lot right now. Do you want to go? Let's go compare cars. I don't. Matt, I'll show you my that's car not. if you show you, my, show you mine. Wait, that's not,
4: I'm sorry. I'm bashful. Matt,
2: I want to say that's my favorite new rejoin, first of all. Oh,
1: thank you. I
4: appreciate it. Props that. to you. We're, what were we talking what about? What a great cars? producer.
2: No, I was not referring to that. I was actually complimenting Matt on something he created that I'm a fan of. You
1: know the vibes. Matt is an incredibly talented individual. I'll but we we talked about him in the first segment just a little bit. Shea Gillis Alexander, guys, is... It's no longer cute anymore. It's no longer hipster anymore to be like, oh yeah, Shea Gillis Alexander's really good. You guys just don't even watch basketball. If you're especially not an Oklahoma city or or somebody like us who covers the team every single game. Uh, but this dude is making plays that season veteran All-Stars make. And I know he's probably not going to be an All-Star. Uh, there's a lot of good players in the NBA. There's a lot of good guards in the Western Conference, it turns out. So don't take it personally. Shea Gilles Alexander's time will come. But this dude, I mean, Matt, I'll start with you because I started with Ryan and then I started with Christine. So if you I think, haven't noticed, I'm going yeah, yeah. in a, in a weird order. That. Of course, that. Order of operations. Uh, Shea is m- making plays out there that are just like, I can't wait for this team to be good because kind of like we were talking about with Lou Dort in the second segment of we want to see Lou Dort in another playoff situation. I want to see Shea Gillis-Alexander go up against the best in the playoffs when the game slows down and all those possessions matter so much more than some random possession in some random game in february if you catch my drift
4: no i definitely do um and you guys remember when he said that he wasn't very good cuz he wasn't fast yeah I, I remember, remember that. that's exactly remember what he said that, that was the yes. exact not only the gist exactly, of what he said that but, is but, yeah. no, that's the gist that's the gist of what you said yeah I'm, and he just sucks, i may be missing know? i may be missing some words here and there but um no i'm just kidding He's uh, awful at football, I bet. He probably is. No, uh, Shay. Canadian. Shay is good, and he has the ability to make weird, crazy circus shots. Like, and they—you kind of almost at this point expect him to make them whenever he shoots them. Uh, anyone else shoots them, you're like, uh, "What are you doing?" Uh, but when Shay does it, it's just natural to him. He he has a knack for making those weird circus shots, kind of.
2: I think he learned from Chris Paul because <laughs> right. I used to look at Chris Paul shots and I would be like, "Stupid, that's never going in. Why would he even try?" And then swish, right? Money. I'm right. like, what? exactly. And, and so thing- I think like watching him for a whole season, just like right next door to him, it's like, oh okay, I can do that. And since I think SGA is more athletic than Chris Paul is, I mean, obviously at this point in Chris Paul's career, like he can pull off you know a little bit ex- more extreme looking shots than Chris Paul can at this point.
4: I think the thing that has impressed me most about Shea this year is his ability to shoot the basketball. His outside shot has been way better. It was good last year, but he's taken another step in shooting the three this year, and I think it's um, what he's about thirty-eight percent from three now, thirty-nine somewhere around there. Just awesome. So he's he's creeping he's creeping up on the forty percent mark, and that's just that's that's insanely good. So uh, I I like. Shay going forward, obviously, I he's you're right, his time will come in the uh, in the all star game. You know, there's just there's just some elite guard play in the in the West. That's is that's the only reason. So don't take it don't take it as a slight that Shea isn't going to make the All Star game. Don't take it as like, oh, they don't think he's any good. They there's don't just, watch Oklahoma just, City. They don't no, care. there's there's just elite guard play in the in the West. Like that's all that's all it is. No, Shay, Shay's going to be
1: just fine going forward. Quote Russell Westbrook Not everybody's an all star, as a quote directly from one Russell Westbrook. Ryan, get your face out of that computer. I know Daft Punk broke up. I know you're sad. Stop deep diving We're into Daft hurting. Punk videos.
4: We're all hurting.
3: Yeah, I'm hurting real bad. That epilogue hit me in uh, all the feels today. In all the robot feels? Yes, all the robot feels, all the EDM feels, all the deep house, the French synth house feels. Man. I can't relate, but I guess I could. I mean,
2: I I've, couldn't relate. Some of my
1: favorite bands have broken up or been on hiatus, or they're like System of a Down, where they're like, "We're not on hiatus anymore. We kind of play, but we're not going to release any new music." And it's just so frustrating. I just want to, I just want to, I just want to do something. Oh, you know I'm what? So
2: angry. Just kidding. When the Jonas Brothers bro- broke up for the first Mute time. Mute her uh, mic,
1: Matt. Depressed. What are we, what are we doing here? Yeah.
2: I understand now. But they're back together, so I mean, like I'm doing fine. Brady
3: sports. What were we gonna sports before yeah, so Christine sh- said? Shagel
1: Alexander with the sports. No, you guys were actually talking about it last night with Jerry. Just the at times the lack of aggression, or ma- mainly just from the standpoint of he's not necessarily in a situation consistently where you want him to be aggressive because the Thunder a don't win. They're not going to be in situations where they're going to win all their games. Um, They're going to be in situations where the games are fairly well in hand like they were last night against Cleveland, Uh, but tonight could have been a situation where Mark Dagnall just kind of handed the keys over to him. Uh, He sat him out with about four and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. The Thunder were down, I think, 15 or so, so it wasn't out of hand, but the way that the game was going, it seemed like it was like, yeah, just go ahead and uh, mail it in for the evening, but... Uh, do you like the steady progression with Shea Alexander in that he's not overly aggressive now, and therefore, in theory, could be run down by like year four with Oklahoma City? I I like what the Thunder are trying to cultivate with him of like this is your show, but you know they they kind of gear it back a little bit here and there that spot that they they almost kind of treat him like he's a veteran player that is load managing but there's no reason for that. So they load manage him in situations and I think that that could potentially set the stage, you know, a few years down the road when the Thunder are in theory good in in the playoffs where That is just unleashed fully, and then you get to see fully realized Shea Gildas-Alexander.
3: Yeah, I kind of tossed this around with some of you guys off-air coming into the season, and I think you guys were a little skeptical, and this is exactly what I meant when I said that should Shea Gildas-Alexander be on almost a soft minutes cap this season? Because you're not trying... Innately, or innately, to make the playoffs, you're not trying to make this big playoff push. So you can stagger Shea's minutes in a way where he's getting the development, he's getting that time on the court that he needs. But I don't really think Shea should be going more than thirty minutes in any given night because, like you said, Bray, like there's no reason to run him down for this season. Like save those minutes. Every NBA player has a finite number of you know minutes, uh, number of years on their body, So there's no reason to To run it down this year, so I, I really like what they've done. Uh, the only like concern you would have with Shea at this point, because his 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 progression has been awesome, is the way that he's playing right now it still lends itself to, yes, he's playing at a potential, you know, he's put himself in the conversation to be an all-star, but he hasn't yet shown that he has the killer instinct you expect out of a number one, which is why I think that there's still that kind of question of what kind of guy do the Thunder need to pair Shea Gildas-Alexander with in the draft, in the upcoming drafts, or through a trade, you know, via a disgruntled superstar. So I think that's, like, the only question, but he's still so young in his career, like, that's not, like, red flag panic button anything like that it's it's not something he's been asked to do until this season so it'll be interesting to see down the back end of the season if he can kind of develop that killer instinct and finish some teams off yeah i mean matt do you know what his usage rate is at the top of your
1: head and i'm just gonna compare i'm just gonna compare it trying to find it yeah i'm just gonna compare it to because obviously he's not going to sniff this not many people should ever want to sniff this but MVP Russell Westbrook usage rate 41.7 led the league that year. Um basically I think what Ryan, you know, is trying to say you just you don't want to hand him you don't want to hand SGA the keys fully to the point where he's getting high usage rate, therefore running his legs, therefore running his body down and at his age he can do it. He can get away with it, but Ideally, if you're Oklahoma City, you want to have Shea Gillis-Alexander for the rest of his career. Yeah, Cause like, what's the point of doing it now? Exactly. And, uh, I mean, Christine, w- I mean, what would you want to see? Because we can talk all day long about the long term. And, and, like, if the Thunder are able, if they're afforded their perfect little situation where they get all the draft picks and they're good in two years and they keep SGA forever, that's all well and good. But in the short term, like, what can Shea improve already even though he's been by far one of the most improved players in the league um a a pseudo all-star just everything that you want out of the face of your franchise already
2: I think that's a good question mainly because I don't I don't really know if I have a projection for the end of this season of what I think he should be based on like what he's already improved upon and based on the fact that the Thunder don't really need him to be great because they're They're not trying to make a playoff run. They're not trying to be that X factor. They're just you know, trying to be in a good position for the draft coming up. And SGA already has proven that he's their leader. He's going to be their guy and the cornerstone of their franchise for a while now. But if there was a part of his game that I felt like needed to be improved upon, which I do, I think that's how he plays in transition. I don't think he's really good at pushing the pace yet. And I think when it comes to his playmaking ability and decision-making – He's very spot on. Sometimes his passes can be a little bit. Um,
1: the accuracy sometimes is a little. A little off. Wobbly. A
2: little off, yeah. I mean, like, you can tell his intentions are right and that he can see the floor well, but sometimes he's just not able to execute perfectly. But that's just, you know, here and there. When it comes to how he plays in transition, though, I don't think he's able to get that acceleration and speed that you're able to push the pace of the floor and then get it to whoever's down low, whether it be Darius Baisley, Al Horford. There it is. Not fast enough. I say Aerobi. I was like, yeah, we already kind of talked about this. But I think, I think offensively he's able to kind of use it to his advantage sometimes when he has those deceleration mo- moments. He's able to kind of kick it back up. But in transition, though, it doesn't translate. And I think that he just needs to focus on getting quicker in those f- two to three steps. And I think then he would be probably more explosive than he is now.
1: Fair enough. I mean, Matt, what was the usage rate? 27.3 uh, so yeah perfect you know just to write, like basically in half of that it's right where you want SGA That's right where you want us to that's Ryan Chapman that's Christine Butterfield Matt Burton is going to take us around the association and I am Brady Trantham because I forgot to int- so say my name but yeah <laughs> solid yeah well because I, I, I who cares it's 11-20 the Thunder lost you. everybody's mad everyone's mad so let's talk about other teams that lost Matt well one team that lost was the Houston Rockets, which is good for Oklahoma City. it is they fall to
4: eleven and eighteen I think or they might they might be eleven and nineteen. Oh, I don't nice. know if these records are updated but are
1: they on a six game losing streak or they were on a five game losing streak like last week so they might have won a game I or so hope, and,
4: I hope they're on the six game losing streak but uh Kobe White led uh, all scores with twenty four in that one the Dallas Mavericks get a home win against the Memphis Grizzlies tonight 102. To 92, John Morant 22 points, nine assists. Luca 21 points, seven boards, and five assists. Tim Hardaway Jr. led the way with 29 for the Mavericks. Good for Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, The Phoenix Suns kind of on a tear, 20 and 10 now. They beat the the Trailblazers 132 to 100, just putting it on them uh, in Phoenix tonight. Let's see, Devin Booker 34 points. And uh, this is a weird Chris Paul Chris, game. I was
2: gonna say Chris Paul scored
4: yeah, only
2: two points. Two points, nine and assists, and three of, boards in twenty-five minutes. One of minutes. nine from the floor. In twenty-five
4: minutes. I haven't seen anything what? from that game. I hope he didn't like get injured or anything. Uh, but
2: he played tw- 25, uh, what, twenty-five minutes. Yeah, so so like, he mean, was in for the majority. He's of the in the game. for a
4: while. But hey, uh, the Utah Jazz win again, one thirty-two to one ten against the Charlotte Hornets in Utah. Tonight, LaMelo Ball, 21.7 boards, 4 assists. And uh, Donovan Mitchell led the way with 23 for the Jazz. Uh, one other game going on right now, 2.5 minutes left. The Wizards are currently leading the Lakers in L.A. tonight, 109-105. to 105. Let me check and see what Russell Westbrook is doing, because I know everyone cares. 25 points, 13 boards, 8 assists for Russell. Just 2.5 minutes left to go in that one. LeBron, 23 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds, and uh, that was a quick around the association.
1: <sighs> that was lovely.
4: Thank you so much. I this, tried to
1: make it lovely for you. This one's for Ryan Chapman. Could y'all hear that through the microphone? Oh yes. Good. Oh
3: yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Fist pumps sorry. galore in the studio. Matt, sorry, could you, sorry,
3: I'm f- snapping some glow sticks back here. Matt, could
1: you play <laughs> us off with some Daft Punk while we? Uh,
3: yes, if this computer
1: loads, give so, me two seconds. Two seconds is all you're going to get here. One and two. 7, the franchise. Nope. Once again, the Thunder lose 108 to 94 to oh, I don't know, the Miami Heat, and no one took pride or pleasure in that in this room. I can assure you. So do not worry. But if you're also thinking about, well, can the Thunder get back on the, to their winning ways? Guess what? They're going to play the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday in Oklahoma City. And let me tell you how long that list of Spurs players who are not coming to Oklahoma City to play that game because it's fairly long. And a lot of them are players that, you know, Derek White, DeMar DeRozan, Marcus Aldridge. So the Thunder are going to have a very good chance to get back to their winning ways on Wednesday. they got the San Antonio Spurs. And then Friday night, they've got Ryan Chapman's Atlanta Hawks before a second I have a back-to-back Saturday night in Oklahoma City against the Denver Nuggets. So, three games, three awesome games for you coming quickly in Oklahoma City. So, stay tuned here at 107.7 The Franchise. Thanks again to Ryan Chapman. Thanks again to Matt Burton. Thank you again to Christine Butterfield at CB on Sports, at Radio's Ryan, at I am Matt Burton. I'm Brady Trantham. You can follow me on Twitter at sports. If you like the show, guess what? We put it up on the OKC82 podcast feed. It's available anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So if you cut in to get the whole show, just wait a few minutes, wait an hour, and it'll be there for your morning commute back to work while you're not listening. Just kidding. You're going to be listening to The Morning Show with Todd and Le- Todd and Eddie. So uh, we all love you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned. We'll see you around the bend. Everybody stay safe.
0: If you're not spending every waking moment checking us out online, <gasps> you'd better have a good excuse. Yeah. We've loaded up our website with the stories, pics, videos, podcasts, commentary, and more. The kind of stuff you love. Hey, it takes a lot of time to post all this junk, and you love every bit of it. Very well. Or at least most of it. It appears that the website has become a Hit it now. It's
5: on the internet. This
0: is 1077 The Franchise and thefranchiseok.com. We now return to Sports Map Radio, already in progress, 1077 The Franchise and The Franchise Mobile App. Careers for all of these top-end talented
5: players, and how ultimately that works out, works out for different people, different strokes for different folks, guys. And at a different stage in your career, you can be a different person when you're 31 than you were even at 29 and the lessons that these guys have learned in the league I think are definitely paying off for them in how this whole bit is working with the big three in Brooklyn, and it's working out quite, quite nicely, especially in the last week and a half. Got them just a half game out of the number one seed on the east side behind the Philadelphia 76ers. We got three plays that pay for the following day in 14 minutes from right now here on Sports Map Radio. We'll go way, way back. Give you the update, give you the standings, but first, one of the strangest stories in college football. And yes, college football that's being played right now in February, and Dion Sanders is in the middle of it. Stay right here at SportsMap all night.
0: Imagine learning about radio and being mentored by true radio professionals in real radio stations. Well, actually, you don't have to imagine because there's Radio Connection. Radio Connection gives you the opportunity to learn one-on-one and be mentored by radio pros. Plus, you don't have to worry about getting into a crazy amount of debt with school tuition either. Radio Connection keeps their tuition at much lower costs. To find out more info, visit radioconnection.com. Wake up, Paul! Jamaica
5: is entering into a marijuana shortage. No! Yeah. That can't possibly happen. What else do you go to Jamaica for? Just white sandy beaches? You can get that at any island, really. Right. It's like a lot of twenty-year-olds going out to Colorado for the mountains. Yeah, yeah, right. Come on. Over the last ten years, I really want to get together with nature. I want to see the mountains. Uh-huh. okay, yeah, that's right. If you're, if you're wanting mountains, you're wanting skiing. How many Olympics has uh, Colorado hosted? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why not Utah? Salt Lake City seems like a fine place to see mountains. You yeah. want to go there? There's... Anyway, that's sad for Jamaica. Yeah, I know that's going to hurt their industry. No God. doubt. <laughs> People getting off the plane and they're like, "This is going to be a great." We don't have any. Oh, 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 boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you guys handed it out like Hawaii's <laughs> hand like, out lays.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Welcome to Jamaica.
0: Welcome to Jamaica. Wake up call with Tony
2: D and Ron Culver. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern.
0: For real. Coast to post! There is no denying that there is a negativity about these shots. I think that the NBA can get those shots and then convince, much like they did to go out and vote for this election, the sports world went out and voted. So if you get everybody taking the shots and they do PSAs, it'll help flush out the coronavirus. Pharrell
2: Coast to Coast with Scott Pharrell. Weekdays from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern.